The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant, and good afternoon if you are tuning in live. This is your host for The Career Confidant, Marie Zimanoff, and I'm so happy that you've joined us today because we are going to be talking about insider knowledge that you need to know if you are job-seeking. So if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that we're here to help you as job seekers or professionals move up in your career, advance your career in whatever way you're trying to move forward. And each week I share my experience helping thousands of professionals advance their careers, and I bring in some industry experts to provide some other perspectives. So today we're excited to have Elizabeth Sanders Park, and she is most notably for me, what I knew her as is the author of No One is Unemployable, and she has a new book out called The Six Reasons You'll Get the Job. And Elizabeth is one of those pillars in the career industry in terms of the expertise that she provides and the number of people that she's encountered during her time, which has brought even that much more wisdom. So, Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks, Marie. Yeah, yeah. So we are, I'm just excited today because I know I'll learn something new and that my job seeker listeners will definitely learn something new. And we're talking today about the side doors to employment. Tell me a little bit about what you mean by side doors. Yeah, we we decided to call this side doors not to be sneaky or underhanded, but just to realize and sort of acknowledge that there's a front door that the employer and companies have sort of set up and said, this is how we hire. This is where we want you to come. And we want you to stand in line and wait and follow the rules because it's going to make us easy for us. It's going to make it easy for us to make our decision. But it turns out that that front door is mostly about screening people out. It's mostly about answering the question, who can I get rid of, and finding out what's wrong with us and not realizing what's right with us and what we bring. And so we had to take a look at the people, the people that we've been working with over the years, and it turns out they tend not to get a job that way. They tend to get them through what we call these side doors, which is introductions, which is going in as a customer. It's experiences like uh, meeting someone in the Starbucks line or in a laundromat or just out in the community somewhere and getting to talk to them 
and realizing that they're in a position to hire or to introduce us to someone who can hire. And we find that most people actually get jobs this way. And so when we started teaching people how to job search, instead of just teaching them how to follow the rules the employer set out with that front door, we thought we'd get very creative and teach them to honestly, respectfully, and effectively use those side doors. Okay, good, good. So you bring up some creative things there just in your introduction. And tell me a little bit about why candidates get screened out. So if we're suggesting these side doors, maybe people are thinking, well, I don't need that side door. You know, I I won't get screened out. So the reason we, there's a couple of reasons why we get screened out. And, and what I find is that a lot of us who are out there searching for a job or a better job, if we haven't been in the employer's shoes, sometimes even if we have been in the employer's shoes, we're not thinking enough like the employer and, and their, um, so their goals in the process. So there's several reasons why we can get screened out. But if you imagine when you wake up in the morning and you go to your email or when you get into your office and you first bring up your system and you look at your email, once upon a time, there was probably excitement when you realized way back in the day, you got mail. And I remember when it used to be fun that, that I had gotten some email. Well, it's been a long time since I was really excited about the fact that I got mail because I get so much email. So when you sit down and you open that up and you realize you've got 42 new emails, and maybe you've got 14 and maybe you've got 170, but you've got this bunch of new emails, chances are the first thing you do is you skim down really quickly and identify all the ones that you don't want to deal with, the ads, the things you're not interested in anymore, something someone forwarded to you, and you click, 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 all the ones that aren't interesting, and you hit delete. That's very much like the process an employer is going through. Their first question isn't, which ones do I want to read in depth? Who do I want to get to know? Their question is, who's muddying the waters? You know, who's not even really worth my time, which is why that first impression is so important. So they go to their stack of resumes or their stack of applications or the messages or the phone calls that that came in or the people that they met at the job fair. And that's the question they're asking, who can I get rid of? And there's essentially six reasons why we get screened out. They're the six reasons we get the job. They're also the six reasons that we won't get the job. One of them is ability, but the other five are really about what we call fit. Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, so many people think it's all about the skills, and those are kind of the given. And then there's all these other pieces that come along with it, just like if we're in a company and they're doing a performance review, most of that performance is not the skills necessarily. So that's it's a good comparison for us to think about, especially if we are currently employed. How does that mm-hmm. how does that work? It does it does not any different when you're trying to get a job. Right, and if you think about it, again I think a lot of a lot of the power of understanding how to use these side doors and how to job search in a way that, that's really gonna land you a job quickly is all about thinking like the employer. So if you're thinking like the employer, you realize that that the closer you get to making the hire, the more likely it is you have a bunch of people who can actually do the job. They have the skills or the experience, the education or the ability to do the job. So by the time you get to your top three candidates and maybe even your top six or eight candidates, the truth is 
any one of them can do the job or learn it fast enough. And it's really no longer about ability. Ironically, the final hiring decision is not about ability because you wouldn't even be in the pool anymore if they didn't think you could do it or learn it fast enough. So it becomes about what we often call fit. And it's things like attitude and your presentation. Do you look the part? Do you fit in sort of culturally? Do you care about the things that we care about? Um, Do you want to solve the problems we want to solve? Do you have an, an affinity for the customers that we want to serve? Can we depend on you? Um, not just to be here and be on time, but to really watch our back and to make our company and this department really successful. So it becomes about fit issues more than ability in the end because everyone in the short list has the ability to do the job. Yeah, and boy, I talk about that a lot in interviewing. I've talked to a lot of people who they think the interview is about selling themselves and right. what you're saying totally dis discounts that, right? Because they're already sold on your ability. They want to be sold on the fact that you're a good fit. Yep. The first couple cuts are about ability, but it it switches over time and sometimes very suddenly to become exclusively about fit. Yeah. And those pieces of fit, I think also sometimes people get caught up in, but I I don't want to get bunny trail. No bunny trails. We're going to stay on <laughs> our side doors. Um, so tell me, let's talk about this briefly. Do people get in trouble from using these these side doors? Have you seen people get in trouble with these? Yeah, so, so let's, um, let's just be really clear on what side doors are. So the side door is that um, the door that the employer sort of opens to us. And side doors are other creative ways. I want to add the word respectful ways. Obviously, if we pull a stunt or offend somebody or or look underhanded, that's probably not going to get us most jobs that we're going for. So it's creative, respectful ways. And I'm going to use a word that I think has a bit of a negative connotation, but we'll use it in a positive way. We want to circumvent a lot of the screen-out process, a lot of the parts of the process that are asking the question, um, what's wrong with you? And they really come out with a, a no pile and a maybe pile. There's nobody, there's nobody who can say yes. In fact, I find that a lot of my job seekers the whole first part of the process, they're dealing with um, employers, they're dealing with people and with systems who can say no or say maybe. They're not even interacting with people who can say yes. So side doors is really about getting directly to the people who actually have the power to say yes. So that does sometimes mean going around HR or going around a front desk receptionist. And can those people be frustrated that you didn't follow the process? They may be frustrated. Um, could the decision maker, who was counting on those people who were sometimes called gatekeepers, they were counting on them to kind of save them time and money and frustration by protecting them from having to interact with you, might they get frustrated? You know, they might. But here's, here's what I know. In talking with employers for gosh, more than 20 years now, many, many employers in lots of different industries who are hiring workers for different kinds of jobs at all different levels, I will ask them, you know, if you say to the the world, send me a piece of paper, follow my rules, come to the front door, fax your resume, you know, upload your application, that's that front door. 
if you tell the world that that's what you really want, and then one day your phone rings, and it's someone who says, you know, I've got a real passion for this, and a real expertise in that. Do I sound like the type of counselor or cashier or trainer or, you know, you put in your job title? Do I sound like the kind of person you'd like to have on your team? Or do those sounds like, does that sound like talent you'd like to have on your team? Do you need someone with my skills? When I talk to employers about that process where the phone rings and somebody really interested and compelling is on the line, do they hang up on them? Do they tell them, go away, please go get in line with everybody else? Overwhelmingly, they say, no, I wouldn't. I would take that call. Because they open the front door in the hopes of finding that person. What they really want is for the right person to show up and be amazing. So they do all of this crowd control so that they can find the right person. If you are a great match for the work that that you're going for and you can get through to the decision maker, occasionally they will be irritated. Most of them will say, oh, where have you been? Yay, when have you got 20 minutes? Let's talk. So I do find that sometimes gatekeepers can get a little frustrated. Usually decision makers are not. And if you think about the ways that you perhaps found work in the past, most of us tend not to use the front door. We tend to do things like go in as a customer and strike up a conversation. A lot of times we're already working and we're representing our current employer at an industry function or a community meeting. And we're just so excellent. Somebody says to us, hey, where do you work again? You know, are you happy there? Because we've got this new contract and we're looking for someone like you. Or we go to have lunch with a friend who works for a company and on the way there or back, you know, to or from their desk, we get introduced to somebody and we strike up a conversation. We make that connection. And so my guess is that you've used side doors in the past and you didn't ask yourself, oh, no, am I going to irritate someone because you weren't really being intentional about using the side door. It happens sort of organically. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the technology has kind of made us think that that doesn't, that that's not the way it works anymore, but it still is. So we're going to take a short break here and we'll be back in just a few minutes and have plenty more to talk to Miss Elizabeth about. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. For women, the pressure to achieve is stronger, the work hours longer, and the struggle for respect and authority more complex than ever. You want guidance on how to succeed, and you are not alone. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern for our special series, Game Changing Women. 
powerful women leaders will help you make sense of it all, analyze how you can change the game, and share their playbooks. Game Changing Women, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are so excited to have Elizabeth Sanders Park here. We've been talking about these side doors to employment. And I think a key thing that you hit on right before we went to break, Elizabeth, is this idea that the side doors are not new and they're not different. And they're the way that people have found jobs forever. And in my mind, the technology and the websites and even in some ways LinkedIn are are a distraction to the fact that work is still found through people that you probably already know by having normal everyday discussions Mm -hmm. in our life. And that's what you were talking about in terms of these side doors. So you told me that there are four keys to making side doors work. So let's talk a little bit about those. Yeah, you know, because side doors, they're not new, but they're also sort of unregulated, which is why they're so effective. I mean, once everybody starts using sort of the same side door in a similar way, employers start to recognize it, and they co-opt it. You know, they, they make it part of the front door, and they put up security, and it's harder to be creative and find special access through them. So they're definitely not new, but they are sort of off the beaten path which is why they're so great. But that also means that employers don't really have a system by which to keep the connection strong with you. So there's a lot of, it's sort of our responsibility as people who want to be a part of that company to stay on their radar and to make these doors open. So there are four keys that will make them work really well for you. And if you can imagine, I'm a really positive person and I don't, I like things to be as easy as they can possibly be as long as we don't lose the quality, right? So as long as it works, we want to keep it easy. But if you can imagine a door that has four deadlocks, I wish there weren't four, but there are four, and if you have keys to three of them, guess what? You can't get in. You really need the key to all four of these locks. So this is how it goes with the side doors. Here are four keys that will make them work really well for you. The first is you want to be remembered for the right reason. So you want to think about what is the core message 
that you are um, sharing with the employer. And maybe it's sort of your the core of your, your branded value that you bring, not just what you do, but how you do it in a way that is uniquely valuable to the company. You want to be noticed for the right reason. And we have a little recipe for success for that. It has to be something that the employer needs. That seems obvious. It has to be something the employer needs that is difficult to find or very unique. So if you are offering something the employer needs, but it's not unique or hard to find, everybody's got that, that's not going to make you memorable. If you've got something that's really unique, you know, or really difficult to find, but the employer doesn't need it, that's not helpful either. So although it seems simple, that's sort of the magic intersection of all the things the employer needs, what do you offer that is unique or difficult to find? And it can be a skill, and we go right to skills or experiences and education. So maybe it's a degree, maybe it's a language you speak or a a product you can use. Um, So maybe it's a skill, a bit of education or some experience, but it also could be a network that you bring. It could be a, a quality Maybe you are empathetic or patient or creative. Uh, So maybe it's a quality that you bring. So skill, experience, education, quality, any of those things, a network the employer might need that is unique or hard to find. Be remembered for the right reason. So once you're clear on that, and if you're working with Marie, a coach, or have really spent any time on getting clear on what your unique value proposition is, hopefully you can open that first lock. The second thing is you need to be uh, remembered by the right person. And again, most of us in our job search, I want to say spend 90%. The truth is 95% of job seekers never even interact with the person who can say yes. They are only ever interacting with systems and people who can say no or maybe. And it's a huge waste of time and it takes more than time. You know, it'll suck the life right out of us. It'll take our willingness, our joy, our motivation. Uh, the, the problem is not that we're hearing no. We're just hearing nothing. And it really saps our ability to keep putting our best foot forward. So one of the things that we can do to fix that is is to pursue the right person so you can be remembered by the right person. So here's a quick sort of a quick uh, assignment or exercise that you can do is to sit down and say, you know, what's the job I want next? And to figure out who is my right person. Who is the decision maker for the job that you want? By job title. So if I want to be a forklift driver, my decision maker is not HR. My decision maker is probably the director of operations, maybe the lead warehouse worker or the the warehouse um, supervisor, So maybe a shift supervisor. So those are the sorts of job titles of the people that I want to be dealing with. Now when I go on LinkedIn, now when I go in as a customer, now when I reach out to everybody I know who works at a company that has a warehouse, I'm not going to try and figure out who HR is. I want to figure out who's the operations manager, who's the physical plant director, who's the, the, the warehouse worker, and that's who I want to try and get to. So you want to be noticed by the right person. Figure out who those people are, and that's who you want to pursue, again, respectfully, creatively. The third key is to not be one more job seeker. 
Now, we're finally coming out of the recession, and I think for a while, everybody, including employers, were so overwhelmed by the sheer number of people who were searching that it was hard for them to even see straight. And so everybody who needed work felt like one more person who needed a job, and it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. It's a little bit better right now, but still, why would you want to compete with 30 other people or 300 other people for the job? So rather than, so, so the little um, the sort of um, exercise I would give you here is to watch your language. And if you're using phrases like, are you hiring? That immediately makes you a job seeker, whether you're employed or not. Um, are, you, are you looking for, um, are you accepting applications? Can I send you my resume? I'm looking for a job as a. All of that kind of brands you as someone who is looking for a job. Yeah, Instead, yeah. So go on. No, no, that's, I mean, and that's one thing that we don't want to be that person, right? That's, oh, it's, that's it's just out there. It's that doing. makes a big difference. Yeah. So instead, you would say things like, I would say, lead with your talent, lead with your passion. Say, my name is Elizabeth, and I have more than three months' experience as a warehouse, uh, as a forklift driver, and I have a real passion, not just for being organized and efficient, but also for serving customers. And I'm wondering if I sound like the kind of person you'd like to have on your warehouse team. So lead with your passion, lead with your talent. And in fact, if someone says, oh, are you looking for work? You might say, you know, I'm always open for opportunity, and this might be a great one, but I'd like to get another company better. It's very attractive not to then go into job beggar mode, oh, yeah, I've been looking for work for six months. I actually think, and this is important, this is a powerful point, whether you are currently employed or unemployed should be a non-issue for the people that you're pitching your talent to. So if you are unemployed, and you've been unemployed for a long time, and you really feel it in so much of what you do, to leave that on the side, you know, kind of let that stay inside and not come out to play in your presentation. And can you imagine how you would feel if you were picking up that phone from a position of being employed, even in the job that you really like? You're not desperate. You're just curious. And curious is so attractive and desperate is so unattractive. So even if you're feeling desperate, can you actually put that on the side and roll out your curiosity and pick up the phone and say, if you just want to figure out what this company does, because you think you might have talent they need and you've heard really good things about them. They say, oh, you're job searching? You know, I'm always open for a good opportunity. But I was just curious about what I do know is that I love to use these skills and I've heard really good things about you. You know, does it sound like we might have a match here if I were looking for an opportunity? And to even use the term opportunity, not job. You know, opportunity, not opening. Um, I've got candidates who will pick up the phone because they see an ad for a company they know is hiring. And rather than say, hi, I'm Elizabeth. I I saw an ad that you're looking for a, because boom, we are putting the line with everybody else. You know, yep. call this number, let me get you to HR. We go right into that screen-out, open-door, open-market process, which is a long, drawn-out road that doesn't, get, doesn't work for most of us. So instead of saying, I saw your ad, you could call and say, this is who I am, this is what I love. Do I sound like someone you'd like to have on your team? And we've got employers who will say, wow, 
strange that you would call because we're actually hiring someone just like you. We just placed an ad for a bookkeeper. Did you see it? And I would coach you that if that happens and someone says, you know, we're hiring for this job, did you know that? You've got to be honest because you don't want to start with dishonesty. But could you say, you know what, I saw the ad. But I'm not calling because I saw the ad. I'm calling because you guys have a great reputation. And the idea of using my talent here is just really exciting. You know, someone That's says, awesome. are you working? Oh, are you looking for work? Are you unemployed? You could say, you know, if you thought my talent was something your company could benefit from, the truth is I could start on Wednesday. So you're not working? Not currently working. It just doesn't have to be the first thing that you make known about yourself. So that yeah. third key is, is to be a resource, be a peer, be a person of talent and, and passion, not just a person looking for a job because you're so much more than that. But once people realize you're looking for work, we get placed with this sort of shallower label and we're seen as someone with need at least as much, if not more, than person with talent. All right. So what do we got for the fourth key here? Um, There's the fourth key. Can I share it real quickly? Yeah. And that is just to be polite, what we call politely persistent. Someone once told me, well, you are so politely persistent. And I suspected they sort of meant pesky, but they said, no, 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 really. You're just, you're very persistent. That is, you're very polite. And I think there's a key in there because the employer doesn't have us a box to put us in. If we meet them, let's say you meet someone in the Starbucks line, or you're playing, your kids are playing soccer, and you realize that Jenny's dad works at a great company you'd love to work at, and so you strike up this great conversation, and when you both walk away, a connection has been made, but they don't really have anywhere to, to put us, to track us, and I mean, they may or may not give our information to HR, which is not even necessarily what we want, unless we're looking for an HR job. So it is on us to be politely persistent. The question becomes, how often do you connect? How do you connect? What do you say? And I'll tell you what I wouldn't recommend. I wouldn't recommend an email that said, hey, it was nice to talk with you. Um, keep me posted. Remember, I'm really good at this. And Like the, the ongoing sales pitch. I wouldn't recommend an email two days down the road or two weeks down the road when you feel like it's the right time that says, just want to remind you that I'm out here. I would love to see your conversation because that smacks of job seeker. That smacks of desperation. You want to be a resource person. So to do things like, um, in fact, I had a man that I worked with just recently, and he had a very good interview, and he thought it went really well. And 24 hours later, he hadn't heard back. And 48 hours later, he hadn't heard back. And he started getting desperate, and he started getting nervous. And at one point, he did send an email that just says, really, you know, beyond the follow-up, really enjoyed our time, um, looking forward to hearing from you, keep me posted, and about a week and a half later, he said, I haven't heard anything, and I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't feel like I can send that same email again. I said, don't. Then you'll, then you'll start looking like you're really, and he was a really talented guy, but really needed to be working. And I thought, they're going to see, they're gonna, you're going to start to erode the amazing impression that you made by this sort of desperation in your follow-up. And I said, he read an article recently. He wanted to be a swim coach at the college level to run the program. And I said, you read an article recently about swimming and coaching and anything along those lines. And he said, I'm used to keep up with it, but I haven't lately because I've been out of the game a little while. I said, okay, you have until noon tomorrow to, finger quotes, come across an article that you happen to be reading that is relevant. So you go find it. Find a magazine, find a blog, find a something, and you find something that is current and relevant to this industry by noon tomorrow, and then you craft an email that says, 
hey, Jonathan, or whoever you interviewed with, came across this article this morning, and it reminded me of our conversation. I thought you might really enjoy it. You don't say, and don't forget, I'm still out here, and by the way, if you need me, I'm, you know, I'm available. You just yeah. say, this made me think of you, and I thought you might really enjoy it. Yeah, you're it's a, peer, a great way to get giving, in front of You're not them. asking. It's very subtle, but those are the sorts of things that will be the polite persistence that keep you well positioned. So when they know you're there, they, you know that you had a conversation, they were there too. And so be careful that we're maintaining that high quality uh, perception and impression with the follow up. Well, Elizabeth, you have just been a wealth of information, and I'm sorry that our time has come to an end, but I want to give you a minute to share with listeners how they can get a hold of you if they've liked what they heard and want to stay in touch. Sure. I think I would love to have you consider getting the book, The Six Reasons You'll Get the Job. It's a wealth of great information. And if you go to my Facebook page, which is WorkNet Solutions, WorkNet Solutions. If you Google me online, you'll see that I run the company WorkNet Solutions. And we have a Facebook page, and on there is a link directly to where you can get the book. It's available on Amazon. It's available in most bookstores. Uh, and that will get you some great advice. And if I can be of further help to you, certainly reach out to me um, there as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. And if you're listening into the show, we will be right back to give you some more examples and some of the ways that you can apply some of the great tips Elizabeth has shared. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. 
If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And we just finished talking with the ever-insightful Elizabeth Sanders Park. And if you're searching for her, you want to connect with her, just a clue there that it's an S instead of a Z in Elizabeth. And her organization was called WorkNet Solutions. So please connect with her if you're interested in learning more. Great information. So I want to spend a little bit of time here just breaking it down and talking about some of the application of the information that she shared. So thinking about big picture, that a few things in terms of our mindset. The first is that at the beginning of the search, an employer is trying to find a reason to screen us out, right? And that most of those reasons have to do with fit, not necessarily skill. As Elizabeth said, she had six reasons that employers will screen somebody out, and one of those is skill-related. But most of it's about our attitude, the way we interact with them, the way we look maybe even on LinkedIn, right? Does our our attitude, our personality there seem like it's going to be a fit with the company? And so there's all of these elements that come together, but it's not all about skill or selling that skill, which may be a little bit of a flip in mindset. The other thing is that she talks about this front door, which is kind of following the process and doing what we're told to do. Apply online, answer these questions, go to this job fair, and all of those things are necessary parts of the process. So as we talk about the side doors, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't do the front door process as well, right? We don't want to be not interviewed or screened out because we didn't do the official process. It, it's about both. I'm an and kind of lady, so this is an and kind of strategy. And thinking about that, I was talking to a a client recently who was telling a story about a young man that had applied to work at a brewery. And the my client knew this young man and went to the HR person and said, oh, you know, you should really interview this young man. He, he'd be a great asset to our team. And the HR person said, oh, you know, he didn't apply online or whatever by the de- deadline, so we can't do that. We can't interview him. And that was the end of it. Now, what would have happened if this young man had applied online and then used his network to also access the position? He probably would have had the job. Now, the interesting turn to that story is that a year later, the the young man did apply through the normal channels and did get hired, and the HR person told my client years later that she wished she would have hired him that year earlier. So you might be the answer to the employer's 
needs and and pain, if you will. But if we don't follow the regular channels, that may prevent us from getting hired, even if we're able to access some of these side doors that Elizabeth was talking about. So the other kind of big picture thing here is that these side doors are not new. In fact, they're probably the oldest thing in the game. But we seem to have lost the, the touch of accessing them. We seem to have lost focus. We seem to have lost the, the importance that they bring in our world of technology. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't use technology to access some of these side doors. Right at the very end of her time, Elizabeth was telling a story about the the swim coach that was to go and find an article that they could share with the hiring manager instead of following up and saying, you know, have you decided? Are you going to interview me again? What's going on? Instead of that kind of follow-up, she had very wisely recommended that the candidate find and send a useful article without any mention to the interview process. And that is a great place to use something like LinkedIn, where we could find the article, we could send it to them via LinkedIn or via email, whatever seems most appropriate. But it gives us the technology as a tool, not necessarily an, another gatekeeper. Don't let technology be another gatekeeper. So as Elizabeth was going through her four keys to these side doors, I was making some notes and just to be able to share some stories with you, some examples of ways that you might apply these opportunities, ways that you might figure out these keys, if you will. So the first one that she talked about was being memorable and how this really is about finding something that the employer needs, which is funny, she said it's common sense, but most of the time when I see someone trying to do their brand, it's the employer needs that they forget and they just get caught up in in their skills, their solutions, their accomplishments, which are all part of it. But if it doesn't meet the employer need, it's not going to go very far. And that they, you need to search within yourself to find something that you offer that's unique or difficult to find. And I think this is where the challenge lies for most of us. Because we spend so much time trying to make ourselves like everybody else. We spend so much time, and especially when you start talking about competition, competition really becomes how can you make yourself like everybody else. And there's something to, instead of trying to even compare yourself to everybody else, just to really look at what the employer needs and what do you bring and then go back and say what's different. And when you look at it that way, you might be able to come up with some good ideas. The other thing is to look at, and this is 
more of a career history, or I like to call it appreciative inquiry, what is it that you have brought in every situation throughout your career that's made you successful? Because there's a good chance that if you dig a little bit beyond, oh, I'm a hard worker, or all of those things that are just so oversaid, but when you dig deeper, what really made you successful in each experience that you've had, there's usually something unique there. And for some of us, it's a unique experience that we've had. Maybe you had to build every position you've had from scratch. Then you've got to say, okay, that's unique about me. How does it add value to the employer? Not does it, but how does it? Because most of the time you can connect that to their pain if you're really thinking about how it can add value. So when we're looking at this idea of what makes us different, those also need to be the things that we're highlighting in a resume, right? The first part of your resume, that summary of qualifications or whatever you want to call it, that should point out the things that highlight these unique strengths, not speak to the things everybody else will have. Those need to be in there, but they probably shouldn't be what you're leading with. And again, 30 plus years of experience, 10 plus years of experience is not unique. So don't lead with it. Figuring out a way to lead with those things that are unique is going to be a better way of catching their attention. And you heard Elizabeth talk a lot about phone calls. And if you read any of her work, that's how she suggests that employees connect with employers or potential employees, job seekers. Why not email? Because as she said at the very beginning, we're no longer excited when we've got mail, right? We're all about delete, delete, delete. And she was talking about employers are looking to do that in the hiring process, but that is also why she didn't talk about using email to connect with employers. She talked about using the phone. A lost art, perhaps, today. So she talked about three other keys, and we're going to go through those and some examples when we come back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. 
Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about the side doors to a shorter search. And Elizabeth Sanders Park was with us earlier, gave us these four keys, and was really talking about these side doors. And just a a thought, you know, we did talk about how will an employer get frustrated possibly. And again, just the key there, I think, is how you approach them. I was working with a job seeker earlier this month and they said, oh, you know, I've, I've got the CEO's email for this company and I'm going to send them my resume. And I wrote back very quickly, yikes, how did you get that email, right? Um, applying directly to an individual is not necessarily what Elizabeth was talking about right here. Everything she talked about was about starting a conversation starting a conversation with that person, not sending your resume to somebody you don't know. I I liken that to proposing to someone you've never met, right? It only happens on TV shows. It only works on TV shows. It does not work in real life. And sending your resume via email to somebody you don't know, especially a very high-level person in the organization, is probably just not going to do anything, get deleted, has a possibility to do some damage. So if you listened, everything that Elizabeth was talking about doing was starting the conversation. So if I was going to email that CEO, it would not be with my resume. It would be to start a conversation. Hey, so-and-so recommended that I connect with you about your organization. They're going through a transition. looks like a lot of change. Love to hear more about your challenges versus, hey, I'm sending you my resume because you have this position open, right? That goes to Elizabeth's key number three, which was to not be just another job seeker. No resume, no talking about your application, right? You're talking about the company, you're curious not unemployed, you're curious, not desperate, you're looking for opportunities, not openings or positions or jobs. It's a lot about how we're phrasing things, but our approach and in the manner in we approach is either along with what she's saying there or it's 
directly opposed and sending your resume to somebody you don't know who's never met you, especially a CEO, is going to be just another job seeker mentality. So her first key was to be memorable in that way where you're telling the employer how you're different, how you bring something that's difficult to find that they care about. The second one was to be remembered by the right person. So really knowing who it is you want to connect with, whether that is the warehouse manager or the CEO, right? Did this client know that the CEO was the the right person for this position? Maybe it was the COO or the operations manager or the engineering manager, right? Knowing who that right person is is important because if you leapfrog them, you're more likely to either get no response or to get negative response because that, that hiring manager may be upset that the CEO is the one pushing down this, hey, why is this person contacting me about X? So right person, connecting with them is important. Again, that's usually not the HR person unless you're applying for an HR position. So we're being memorable. We're being remembered by the right person, knowing who that is. And again, if you're going to connect with somebody on LinkedIn, who's the right person, what's the right title to look for, all of those things require that we've done a little bit of this research and discussion with within organizations. Or it may just be common knowledge if we've been in the industry before. But it's that idea that we are doing some work to figure out who the right person is, and then doing some work to connect with them in a meaningful way, not just, hey, I'm looking for a job. Hey, I saw you have a job. Hey, do you have a job opening? That's not going to be a good approach. Then Elizabeth's fourth key was being politely persistent, following up in a way that makes sense. And she told the story there of her swim coach that had followed up once after the interview And instead of following up again just to say, hey, are you still hiring? (laughs) She recommended following up with an article. And we didn't get to hear the end of her story to see if it worked. But I can tell you that I've worked with other clients and specifically my husband when he was looking for his second job after being laid off in the engineering world, the tumultuous engineering world. And we, he did that, right? He did it without even telling him, which was awesome. He brought an article by the hiring manager's office that he had found that was relevant and gave that opportunity to get in front of someone again without being pushy. And again, that's a great place for technology. It's a great use of LinkedIn. That's the tool then that's how we want to use it. There's a lot of other ways you can do that. But that politeness, that desire to add value versus just ask, that's the balance that we're looking for. And so as you're thinking about ways to find these side doors, the first thing I would say is pretend it's 1990, right? How would you job search then? not in the paper, it's not what we're talking about, but you'd be talking to your friends and family about what you want to do and who you want to work for. 
and taking opportunities to talk with people about what you're passionate about, about where you see things going in a bigger picture. Not just talking about jobs, not just talking about that open position. Because even in the newspaper days, most positions weren't posted. They were found by people connecting with people they already knew in a way that made sense for the candidate and the employer. And that's all these side doors are. So I would encourage you as you go through your search, or better yet, and good, good for you if you're looking and you're employed, gives you ample opportunities to do this. If you've been unemployed for a while, as, as Elizabeth was saying, put that away. How can you be curious and looking for opportunities to add value? That's what these side doors are all about. So if you would like any assistance with your career change, job search, career advancement, leadership, go back and listen to our, our previous sessions here on the Career Confidant. We've had a wealth of good information from people just like Elizabeth. And you can always reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. And we'll be right back here next week on the Career Confidant with more critical career information for you to keep your career moving forward in the direction you want it to go. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. Thank you.